Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Oh, hi. It's me, Lily Alexandra, and I am here with the legendary Gabby Ortiz. You may know her from Stardom, Ring of Honor, Shakara, AEW, ECW, The Monster Factory, or just the internet. Um, hello. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm stoked to talk to you. Uh, thanks for making some time. I know uh, we're both on the East Coast, so it makes things a little bit easier. Um, I guess let's start things off with Mania Week and Weekend. How did you like WrestleMania? What did you get up to? I actually like really enjoyed WrestleMania. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I haven't really, like, honestly, I haven't liked WrestleMania in a while. Like, the last couple of years, I haven't, like, Either I just didn't watch or I just was, like, not a super huge fan of it. So um, I really enjoyed it this year. Like, uh, both nights were really fun. And uh, I was home. I was I was up here in the East Coast. I didn't go to Dallas. I stayed here. I had a match in Queens and um, just hung out with my boyfriend and watched WrestleMania. It was nice. That's dope. That's low-key. You don't always need to do some huge, like, crazy blowout for Mania, especially if you're not, um, like, super, super, super huge fan. Um, we did the same thing over here. And the past week, I think you kind of relate. You've just been watching every single person I know go to Dallas and or get stuck in airports or God knows what. Um, what is your training schedule like these days? Like, what do you... So I'm actually training later tonight. I usually train um, for wrestling Tuesdays and Thursdays. And the other days, I just go to the gym and do my own kind of thing. Um, but yeah, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm at the Monster Factory training from uh, like 8 p.m. to sometimes 10, 30, 11. Damn. And uh, for people who might not know a little bit about Monster Factory and your experience there, can you kind of break it down a little bit? Yeah. So Monster Factory is a professional wrestling school in uh, South Jersey, uh, one of the first in the country. Um and it's owned by a gentleman named Danny Cage, who was a wrestler. He um, had a back injury and had to uh, leave the business as a wrestler, but didn't want to leave the business. So he became a coach and an owner of the Monster Factory. Um, it's a great place. Uh, we have a lot of great guest trainers coming in and out. A lot of amazing talents coming in and out of there. Um, Ian Riccoboni of uh, Ring of Honor commentary fame. Uh, Damian Priest. Matt Riddle. QT Marshall. Uh, and the recently signed Sloan Jacobs, aka the Notorious Mimi, uh, Sammy Fernandez, who's a ref down at NXT. A lot, a lot of people. Lot yeah, of people that's um, yeah. 
That's really cool. I just interviewed uh, Valentina Rossi and she's at Flatbacks uh, from Jersey. I don't know if you guys have crossed paths, but it just seems like the East Coast <clears throat> has a lot going on for the indie circuit. So that's awesome for people who might uh, want to get into it. And something totally not wrestling related. I kind of wanted to kind of catch you a little off guard. I know that you're a huge Bob's Burgers fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, who like who, who do you, who do you... I, have, I have a little Bob's Burgers poster. It's hard to see. It's a little hard to see, but now that you see it, I can kind of tell that their body shape, it's, it's the gang. It's the gang. Um, who, I guess, who do you relate to most? And would you ever try and maybe, like, be Tina for a match? Or, like, bring some kind of Bob's Burgers component to your wrestling or, like, nerdy shit that you're into? I actually I already have. Um, I had oh, wow. Louise-inspired Louise, uh, gear. It was pink and green. I came out with ears. Uh so Louise is the per. I'll send. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> yeah, I, to, I absolutely need to see that. Yeah, Louise. Louise is my girl, 100. Yeah, I can relate to that a lot. I mean, Tina also is um, amazing, and I'm Jewish, so having a Jewish mom, like, it just kind of really reminds me of Tina a lot. Um, what other like nerdy stuff are you into like right now that kind of relates back to your wrestling or just in general? I mean, I did one match. Um, it was a Baby Yoda on a pole match. Um, wow all of my guys right here that's kind of creepy but i also love it right above my bed they protect they protect me but yeah i'm a huge guy um connor but you know um (laughs) we all have our we all have our things you can't really see what's going on behind me but i have tons of horror crap i have tons of just tons of crap everywhere (laughs) yeah i just and i love stuffed animals too i'm like i'm just such i'm such a kid like i don't I literally, I just watched Big Mouth for, like, the 18th time of cartoons. See? Yeah. Not like it. It's so cute. <laughs> See, back to wrestling, I guess. Um, I you have done a little to, bit of... You have to meet Trixie. Oh, my gosh. Is that an Oxalotl or yeah, what are you saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I want one of those. You're going to need to send me a link for one of those, too. Yeah, for sure. She's named after Trixie Mattel, <laughs> the drag queen. Oh my goodness! I'm into drag too. Okay, we need to we need to go get a drink one day in the East. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so was wrestling kind of an accident or a purposeful career choice? Because I know that um, I've heard that you kind of got into it through a coworker, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, so yes and no. I um was just from I guess when I was a really little kid to probably when I went into middle school. I watched a lot of wrestling and then I fell out of it in middle school when I discovered Fall Out Boy and just really got into like music and and that stuff. <laughs> and then I stopped watching and then when I left high school, so I guess like 18 to about 20, I got back into it. And uh, and I thought I was like, how do people become wrestlers? Like this is such a weird, I never thought of it. I was like, how does... So I looked into it and um I was I found out about the Monster Factory, Chikara, and those were the two schools that were close by. And um, then I, I mentioned to a coworker that I was like, I was like, oh yeah, I think I'm gonna go to professional wrestling school. And he was like, I went to professional wrestling school. I was like, well, where'd you go? He was like, I went to the Monster Factory. I was like, oh, that's one of those I I saw about that on Google. And he was like, yeah, you should you should go. And then um, it was at a haunted house, so our season was over in November. And then uh, I just kind of weighed my options, saved up some money working at a, bringing at a nightclub, and then I uh, went and I put down my down payment for tuition, and then never looked back. 
That's amazing. I didn't anticipate yeah. getting to this level though. I really didn't. <laughs> I don't think anyone ever does. And I think that's kind of the best way to kind of go into it. Just yeah. throw yourself into the fire. Like I myself just signed up with an indie school here called Super Kicked. Um, I don't know nice. if you're familiar, um, but it's the same kind of thing. You, The only thing stopping anyone from wrestling is just wrestling essentially and money and money money and we need to wind it back a second because you said you worked at a haunted house were you like a haunter or were you just like doing something kind of more behind the scenes no I was a haunter I was like right up in there in a costume and makeup and scaring little kids it was at the eastern state penitentiary in Philly so holy shit uh, it was a lot of fun it's an old prison that's a museum now and every Halloween yeah. they do like it's technically a fundraiser for the museum it's a massive haunted uh, so it's, I might check that out. That's, oh, that's you should. It's, it's a good time. I think they made it a little bit more of um, a <clears> night <throat> tour with some spooky stuff. Like they kind of got rid of the haunted house element because I think there was like a PR thing with it being a little bit insensitive. You mm. know, to just the history of the of the prison. Yeah, so, um, fair enough. They've uh, they've tried to like I guess alter it a little bit, but the the heart of it's still there. The same people are still involved. So. And not many people can say that they're both a professional wrestler and a former haunter. So that's also <laughs> cool for your, your resume. Yeah. You um, know, I don't know if you know this. Uh, she's, she's up and coming. Her name is um, Shay McCoy. Uh, she was a former Chikara student and she was my uh, coworker there. She's another one. Wow. Small world. Very small yeah. world. Also just clock that you're wearing an NSYNC shirt. That's absolutely incredible. That's that's taking me back to my youth. <laughs> um, so your first indie show um was at Monster Factory, citation from Indie Wrestling Corner. And since then, um we've seen tons of matches at different promotions. Like what have been standouts for you? Because you have a lot of matches. I know. Um I wish I'd kept count um through my career, but sometimes you just get these one off things and you forget to write it down and yeah, I have no many. I don't know how many matches I have under my belt, but I can help you because Cage Match as of today said eighty-eight matches on your record. But I don't know if that includes everything that you've done. But according to Cage Match as of today, you have eighty-six matches under you, and a crazy bruise. Wow! I wish I could show my uh, I mean, my leg right now. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's wrestling. It's not ballet. Yeah. It's all good. Guy with a chair. Um, that sounds. It doesn't, it sounds like they're missing maybe like a couple. Yeah. Probably from just like smaller shows that I did or things. Well, whatever. That sounds 88. Damn. Okay. So <laughs> that's nuts. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, standout matches. Uh, the Young Lions Cup at Chikara was a big deal. Mm. Um, every, I've done two Super 8s. Each one of those matches was a big deal, especially when I did with Scarlett Bordeaux. That was a lot of fun. Um, a match with Rosa recently. Very exciting. Um, I think some more standout matches. I had a match with Molina at uh, VPW, mm -hmm. Victory Pro Wrestling in Long Island. That was a huge deal for me because I love Molina. And she's also extremely nice and beautiful. Um, there was a show I did at WrestlePro um, in Rahway, New Jersey at the Rec Center, which is where Jersey All Pro used to run. And they have a lot of really cool history. And uh, that was against uh, Vicious Vicky and Nikos Ricos when they were a tag team and me and my boyfriend. And I love looking back on that match. It was a good time. It was, that's just a fun match. It was a great crowd. So it's something that I, that I like to remember. 
There's this local uh, girl, I forget her name, but she met her now husband through doing death matches together. So, um, yeah, there's 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 a lot going on in wrestling that a lot of people don't realize. And um, you're just talking about Thunder Rosa. So I guess this is a good segue. And I think you know what's coming. But we got to talk about this photo. OK, we got to talk about this moment in time. That's not what was what was what was going through your head at this moment? Like, obviously, you guys call spots. Was this exact spot called? Like, and and what was the fallout from it on social media? Like, obviously, this helped like followers and stuff. No, uh, yeah, like, in, I, I, it's insane. My face isn't even in it, which is like the most wild thing. Um, don't ever underestimate the power of someone's butt. I, I, no. I did, and and I and I know that I was proven very wrong. Um. So that that spot was called. Um, my in my head, I I just remember we had practiced it in the locker room because the, the ring wasn't available. So I had to practice posting for her, and she was like, "Just be a little bit lighter." So that's what was going through my head was be light, be light, be light, because you know I'm a little bottom heavy, obviously. And so that was what was going through my head. That's it. <laughs> there was nothing particularly like. I knew that like the match went well up until that point and that uh it was short but sweet and i just was uh hoping that dustin rhodes in the back was happy with it because he was our he was our uh, coach and he was so that's it i thought that this is it this is my match it's gonna show i'll get some followers i can promote it and then it'll be done and then it'll be done and then i can go back and do extra work again then um weeks later after the match had happened the uh, picture started circulating um, the photographer's name is Scott Lee. She's a, he's a good friend of mine. He's been taking pictures of me since I started. And we both were just like, what the hell is going on now? And, uh, luckily people were really nice about it. There was only one person that was like, oh, you think you deserve followers and money because your blah, picture blah. got famous. And he's the only one that got that. I was like, yes, I do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else was really cool about it. Um, it, it was, it got slightly dehumanizing at some point. Mm. Being okay. a man can be a little dehumanizing because uh, they uh, there's a lot of like really kind of creepy things that were said about me and and thunders. But her and I just tried to take it all in stride. I've known her a long time, so it wasn't like and we were talking about it on DMs. It was just it was funny. Well, there has to be some kind of comfortability to you know be able to do that, poke fun at it. And I mean, you know, it's it's you're a booty in the photo, but Thunder looks pretty pretty crazy in that photo too. So I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a two it's a two point it's a two point story and narrative going on here. It's not yeah. just a booty story. Um, and I guess while I'm showing the photo, and we're talking about great matchups, everything you've done, I really wanted to. I don't even know if where I can really see, but I want to talk about this photo. Oh wow, I know what that photo is. Me, Shanna. Azuki and Azumi. Yep. So I'm a huge, 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 huge Joshi stan. Okay. Like I, I just watched Grand Princess 22 and I, I was floored. And I think a lot of people, especially uh, in North America, like they just don't get it because of the language barrier or whatever it is. But um, I just kind of want to hear your perspective of <clears throat> getting to travel to Japan, getting to be in stardom. I know that um, in another interview, you said the girls were kind of like, oh shit, like this guy Jin's here, like get out of here at first, but then they kind of warmed up to you and it ended up being a really incredible experience. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, so I guess, I guess what I want to know is uh, what do you miss about Japan? Like what are some of the craziest experiences you had there? Like kind of being yeah. a touring Joshi and yeah, just um, I kind of like as amazing as the opportunity was, I wish I was a little bit older 
Mm-hmm. And I wish I had known a little bit more about the business when I went in there. I was still like brand new. I think I maybe had 10 matches in the United States when I went. Um, and I know that uh, they knew me coming in that I was very inexperienced. And uh, those girls take their job so serious. Like they don't want, we all do, but they don't want like to waste one of their matches on like someone that doesn't know what they're doing. And I think they were nervous about that because there, there have been girls that have gone over there from America that have trained for years and years and like they just, they couldn't keep up. So they were like, this girl doesn't know anything. Like no way she's keeping up with us. Uh, but it did because I've been training. <laughs> so the first day I kind of, uh, the first match I had, um, oh, I'm forgetting her name. I forget her name because she kicked me in the head so hard. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Konami. Tommy kicked me in the head really hard, left like a huge bruise on my face. Um, she did that on purpose because we practiced it so that I could protect myself. But she fucking just went for it. And uh, uh, I like kind of like lost it for a little bit. Like I was I was blacked out for a bit. And then um, I came to just a couple seconds later and I went to the back and I was like, hey, don't do that again. And she looked all confused. I was like, don't not no we're not we're not playing that game and then she she understood what i meant after that we were cool (laughs) everyone was cool with me i think it was a a point of just me sticking up for myself and um then also just showing that i was there to work hard i was at training all the time um the only time i had like a bad match was actually me and shanna singles match i forgot Mm -hmm. one of her spots and i was made fun made fun of by like not in a mean way they all understood the botches happen but uh, I tried really hard to just make everything I did clean and and good so that they could respect me and they did and I left and everyone gave me a big group hug it was really nice uh I miss it I would go back in a heartbeat I really would I do miss it it's a probably very different company now than it was when I was there yeah Yeah. um and a lot of my like good friends aren't either not wrestling anymore and you know Hannah's passed away, and she was probably one of the closest girls I was to there. So it'd be it'd be a little bittersweet going back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have too many crazy stories because I'm not like a party or anything. Like I don't really do that. But I, I did spend a lot of time just going on the trains and exploring the what the city had to offer. That's pretty um, crazy. Going shopping and just kind of being like, if I get lost, I'll find my way back. You know, uh, and I always did. So yeah, it was a good time. To me, getting to train in Japan and be in stardom is a pretty crazy story. You don't need to party till five in the morning and hang oh, off of the balcony me. or anything. My roommates, my roommates did. Well, I met with Tony Storm and and Dewdrop. Okay. Oh, citation there. Citation. Dewdrop. I uh, I I'm sure can drink quite quite well. I mean, Tony Storm's oh, finisher was strong zero. That's a that's an alcoholic beverage. Sorry, repeat that. Um, Tony's, Tony's finisher out there, and I think it still might be, but I think it's, they changed the name of it, but her finisher was actually kind of like Thunder Rosa's finisher. It was called Strong Zero, and that's like an alcoholic mm. beverage out there. It's a zero calorie, Ooh. carbonated alcoholic beverage. It's quite delicious. And I understand well, why she would call it that. Well, hopefully they uh, give us a sponsor for another future interview, maybe one day. <laughs> Um, other than, I mean, just missing the country itself, like, what do you miss about Japan? The food, um, shopping? Food and shopping. But yeah. 
oh my god yes they had so many cool stores i never had a bad meal there like even like vending machine meals or 7-eleven meals it was all just so good and i didn't eat healthy out there by any means i think 7-eleven had these really good like popcorn chicken like kebab things like they were on fire and these little tiny cups of ice cream and i would eat that every day on the way to training and then I, think I would get it again when I was coming home. But I was in the best shape of my life. I think the food there is just made different and probably a lot healthier than it is here. Because if I ate like that every day here, I'd be I'd be 100 pounds heavier. Well, I think, yeah, when you're training over there, you're also working a lot harder. Yeah. Plus, you're kind of in a different place. So you kind of naturally, I don't know. I always find that too. Like I eat tons when I travel and I seem to like not put on weight. But when I'm here, it's it's a whole different story. Totally different. Um. And currently I'm learning the ropes. And one thing that I've learned very quickly, and by ropes, I mean wrestling, obviously, um, is that it takes a lot of balls to just get in there. Um, And I know it's a very basic question, but what is some advice that maybe you've gotten that's really helped you earlier in your career? And what's some advice that you'd want to give like younger women or just younger wrestlers that are just starting out um, how to navigate and just how to deal with it um, mentally and physically? This isn't like the healthiest way to go about a lot of things, but it, it works out for me. Um, when there's the really scary things that you have to learn how to do, bumping, getting to the top rope, things like that, I found that dissociating from the entire situation is well really helpful. Because <laughs> it's just kind of like let your body take over and like brain off, body will take care of me. And that's kind of like how I've done a lot of stuff that like I normally wouldn't do because I'm a huge scaredy cat I didn't even go through the haunted house I worked at I didn't even go through it <laughs> like my off nights are like you're coming to come through the haunted right I was like no <laughs> like I was scared I'm a huge scary cat so like I don't know I don't know what compelled me to even get into wrestling um I think just trusting your body is like a huge thing listening to your body is a huge thing if something doesn't feel right stop I remember like there was um the day we were learning how to do arm drags and uh, I basically have bird bones, especially back then because I was tiny and no meat on my bones. I was like 100 pounds soaking wet. Um, and I was getting arm dragged by a shoot MMA guy. Um, you can deduce who that was. <laughs> it was Matt Riddle. <laughs> and, um, he was arm dragging me. He's so strong. He didn't even realize, he didn't even realize like the extent of his strength. Mm-hmm. and they were like wow that looks really good and then Danny Cage was like yeah it looks good because he's shoot arm dragging her over and he was like does it hurt and I was too scared to say yes and I was like no it's fine so he kept doing it and to this day like my shoulder blade doesn't this show is sponsored by better help if you had an extra hour in your day what is the first thing that you would do read a book take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Stay in place correctly. Doesn't sit right. Doesn't sit right, yeah. So always listen to your body. You don't want to end up like 27 and having like a fucked up shoulder blade. Sorry if I can't curse. I, I have that problem too. I'm still learning that rope as well to uh, not be a pirate on air, but it's all good. Um, and, and even myself, like before I got into wrestling, I've always, I was doing boxing and I just overtrained and I screwed up my shoulder. So that is mm-hmm. like really, really, really good advice. Um, and another thing you're kind of known for other than being an amazing wrestler, in my opinion, anyway, um, is your appearance and your gear and your, I know you probably do your own hair and makeup for most of the matches, but um, walk us through kind of what it's like to design your own gear because yours always stands out and it just looks so damn good. Thanks. Oh, that's really sweet. Um, I honestly like I am never satisfied with doing the same look over and over and over again. Uh, especially when I first started, I had a similar kind of like look forever. I had red hair and like the same style gear all the time. And then um, yeah. Because Sandra Gray, with she's with AW now, she used to make my gear, and I kind of just let her do her thing, um, and it always looked so amazing, but my kind of input wasn't a part of it, because I was just so grateful that she was working with me. Uh, so when she got when she got signed to AW and wasn't able to make my gear anymore, I started just designing my own stuff. Um, my boyfriend, LSG, he is an amazing artist, and he designs his own gear, so he kind of just gave me a crash course. And he was like, this is how I do it. He drew, a, he drew like a silhouette of my body for me and we kind of talked through it. And since that crash course of gear design, I've always done it myself. I'll just like print out a picture of like a body, like a silhouette, draw out the gear I want, um, send over kind of samples, like screenshots of the, the fabric that I want to the gear designer, send over my measurements and then we get to it. So, super simple, super simple process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, gear designers are uh, the, like, God bless them, because I know they get a lot. It's probably not easy to deal with wrestlers, especially trying to, like, make a vision come to life, you know. But you kind of raise a good point. It's like, you, you know, if you take take that into your own hands, you can kind of really get every single detail yeah. you want. And you can kind of do it on your own accord, too. Right. Because some designers probably take uh, months and months. I know another wrestler I was speaking with the other week. She said that she got hers made by someone who worked at WWE. So I'm sure that person's schedule is crazy. Yeah. Um, and I know we talked about standout matches, but before we like kind of wrap things up here, which matches are you most proud of in your entire career and why? Um. It's actually happened very recently. Uh, it was about two weeks ago at Pro Wrestling R. It was a show in South Jersey, Westville. Um, and it was a small show. I mean, there must there maybe it was 20, 30 people in the crowd. Uh, it was against Damaris Dawkins. She's one of uh, uh, Cheeseburger's students out in Bristol. Um, I handpicked her as my opponent because I trust her very much. And I think she's very good, very underrated. 
and we had our match it was very it was a super technical match there was nothing fancy we didn't do anything off the top a lot of grappling um and when we got to the back everyone was giving us a standing ovation all of our peers were and it was a it was a uh it's a black run uh promotion and every single person on the card was of color which was a really incredible thing to be a part of we were the first women's match that promotion ever had and they gave us a standing ovation when we got back the promoter was like that was match of the night everyone was really excited and really proud of us uh, i have never experienced that going into a show because i've never considered myself extremely athletic i'm never gonna say i'm the best wrestler in the world i don't think that um so it was really validating for people who i really like look up to 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 tell me this and to to give me props like that i me and her like we still talk about it like oh my god i can't believe we we like cut match of the night on that card with all those incredible guys it was like it was a really special time <laughs> and kudos aside i mean the emotion involved in that like seeing that um is is something that no one can really take from you right it's like only yeah. you and anyone who's in the ring really knows what it's like. So that's that's really awesome. And I yeah. think that we could probably talk for days and days about, you know, what you and Tony Storm and Dewdrop got up to in Japan after hours and all kinds of things. Um, but I guess I kind of want to pass the mic to you for a little bit. Like, where can people follow you? How can we support you? What are you going to be doing in the next little bit? Um, what are your socials? Like, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I am at Gabity on Twitter and Instagram. That's G-A-B-B-I-T-Y. I have some stuff coming up if I look on my phone. So April 9th, which is this Saturday, I am at the Monster Factory. Um, and then I have a baby shower the next weekend. That's irrelevant. <laughs> April 30th, I have a double shot at ECWA and Dropkick Depression, um, which is Tara Calloway's promotion. It's a nonprofit charity show. It should be very exciting. Uh, ECWA is leading up to the next Women's Super 8 that's happening in the summer. And yeah, uh, everything that you need to know about me is on Twitter. If you really want to know who I am, you go on Twitter. Instagram is like, you got to follow me. You'll see pretty pictures, but like, my Instagram's cool. dying. Instagram's dying. Really Everyone's moving to TikTok and Twitter. Like, let's let's leave anymore. let's leave Instagram alone. And I guess before we go, if you want, I'm going to give you the mic to cut a promo, promote, say whatever you want, do whatever you want. Go. You got 30 seconds to a minute. Okay. Um, I'm really excited that you are training. I want you to be safe, and I want you to truly take this and be something great. I know you will. You have an amazing personality. Uh, and I'm excited to see where you go in your journey. And I want to catch up in a, in, a, in a couple months. We'll talk about That's it. That's so sweet. That's awesome. Um, and now all the business stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to Fightful Select and Fightful Overbooked, where you can see me. You can also catch me on my own website, Strange Comforts, where you can see all kinds of weird stuff. But all the good wrestling content is on Fightful, Fightful Select and Fightful Overbooked. Fightful overbooked. Oh my goodness. And that's pretty much it. Thank you so much, Gabby, for this. This was, I think, probably my best interview to date. And uh, au revoir. Goodbye, everyone. Let me...